flow, rhythm, consistency. These are all words we want to associate with how we do our work, but so rarely can we actually describe a week or even a day as flowing, rhythmic, or even possessing some level of consistency. Variable external circumstances certainly contribute to the state of relentless syncopation, but the way we think about our work, how we organize it, visualize it, plan it, often doesn't help. I'm Tara McMullen, and this is What Works, the show that explores how small business owners are building stronger businesses without the shoulds and supposed tos. Now, this episode is a bonus. In fact, up until yesterday, I had no idea we were going to be publishing this. But when Sean and I got off our latest roundtable discussion in the Standout Podcast Club, we knew it was the perfect addition to this month's What Works series on working the plan. If you haven't heard, Standout Podcast Club is the brand new training, coaching, and networking hub for podcasters that we launched it through Yellow House Media. Every month, we host a roundtable discussion where we dig deeper into an aspect of podcast production. This month's topic was finding your podcasting rhythm so that you can stay on track with the workload and avoid feeling like you're always behind, which is a huge problem for podcasters. Essentially, the topic is working your podcast plan. Now, even if you're not a podcaster, This is a valuable conversation. If you're regularly producing any kind of content or you want to be, content like articles, a newsletter, or even social media posts, this conversation applies directly to you. If you're not regularly producing content and you don't want to be, there's likely some other process in your business that often feels disjointed or for which you often feel behind. You're going to find something valuable in here too. Sean and I talk through the common pitfalls of managing a podcast workflow, as well as how to mentally organize the flow differently, how to plan ahead, what to consider when it comes to the technology you use to manage the process, and how to find a consistent pace so you're not feeling like you're always rushing toward the finish line. You'll also hear us work through a sort of hot seat example of what we're talking about with Jaquette Timmons, host of More Than Money. You'll also hear us mention some graphics and screen sharing, and I've included each of those in the show notes on our website. Go to yellowhouse.media slash flow. All right, let's dig into what's working to find your content creation rhythm and managing your podcast workflow with Sean McMullen, Jaquette Timmons, and me. We're going to talk about podcasting. (laughs) And specifically, we are going to talk about uh, finding your podcasting rhythm and managing your podcast workflow, your podcast process, your podcast system. Because Sean and I both feel, I think, that managing a podcast is different than managing just about any other kind of process in your business. And that once you get the hang of managing your podcast, it doesn't have to feel like a ton of work and it can inform the way you run the rest of your business as well, which at least is what's happened for me. And that's been really amazing (laughs) to experience. So first off, let's kind of define the problem here. Why are we even talking about this in the first place? So Sean, since you are sort of our resident podcast project manager, production coordinator, wrangler of clients, what do you see as being the challenge when it comes to people staying on track with producing their show? 
it's kind of hard to define, but there's this mental approach to it. There's this posture where there's sort of, I've completed an episode. Now I'd have to wait for the next one that there's like this constant, that there is a start and a stop and a start and a stop. And there's a working on something and then not working on something. Then it's to have like this very binary way of, you know, the switches you're either on or you're off but but the thing is is that we're always on and it's just what your attention is on from time to time that's what shifts that we can batch work ahead focus on one thing and then not think about it for a couple of weeks yeah and just to be clear it's not the batching that's the problem it's the approach to the batching. I think binary is a really great word here, a great way to describe this, this either on or off, because that's literally what binary is, right? Either on or off. Zero or one. Like you said, producing a podcast is always on. And there are other things in businesses that work that way, right? If you're sending out a weekly newsletter or a weekly promotional email, It works the same way. However, there are far fewer moving parts to producing a weekly newsletter or promotional email. There are far fewer parts to producing Instagram content three days a week. There are far fewer parts to publishing a blog post. And so those systems do tend to feel like they have more discrete tasks that do have on and off uh, or that you can kind of turn your brain on for them for a short time and then turn it off again to get it done. But with podcasts, especially if you're doing most of the production yourself, there's sort of a need to always be moving the needle forward on your production, on the project, on the system, or else you risk getting really behind very quickly. And then compromising quality because you're rushing and or missing dates. Um, may I tell you a metaphor that I've been thinking about today? Please. To back up just a little bit, I feel like any reoccurring task can be viewed this way. I mean, I realize that there might be less things between when the due date is, when the thing has to happen, but you can take, I feel like you can take any task that needs to be done and actually break it up and spread it out in a way that works in this way. I was thinking about um, today's, uh, or rather tomorrow, I have to put the trash out tonight for pickup tomorrow morning. And I was thinking about garbage day as a metaphor for podcasting. (laughs) Okay. Say more. (laughs) This is a very incomplete thought. So bear with me. I'm liking it already though. We know that trash gets picked up every Thursday morning AM before I'm at least awake. And even if I was awake, I wouldn't want to do it. So we put, we put it out the night before, you know, air dates for the podcast publishing dates on Thursday. We actually have it posted like the day before, um, blah, 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 these kind of things. But there's a whole bunch of things you can do leading up to trash day to make trash day more efficient. You don't want to like have to like take out all of the trash out of your house, which can be a problem or the recycling or whatever. There are like, I feel like there are stages you can go through in preparation for the day where trash goes live. (laughs) And... (laughs) In the summertime, so then you can start thinking seasonally. So in the summertime, there, uh, like, 
yard debris isn't picked up every week, right? Mm-hmm. And so then you have like with different formats of your episodes, there are certain formats that don't fall in the same repetition. So you have to plan, plan for them differently, but you always know that you're prepping towards this thing. And there are ways to make trash day more efficient and less of a task. I like this. What I also like about it is that there's a second layer to the metaphor, which is the way the municipality handles trash collection, right? So the municipality, and we live in a small town, right? So there's 10,000 people in our borough and there's, I think, 40,000 people in our township. So that's not teeny tiny, but it's small. Uh, So the municipality doesn't think about how they can pick up all the trash in the whole municipality in one day. They do it over the course of a week and they divide up the municipality into different areas that will all have trash day on you know, one area will have trash day on Monday, another area will have trash day on Tuesday, so on and so forth. And so they're breaking that up as well. They're also breaking it up by type of trash, right? So there's the garbage truck and then there's the recycling truck that comes through. During the fall, there's the leaf truck that comes through and collects the leaves. During the summer, there's the people that come through and get the yard waste. So yeah, so I love this metaphor because there's all different ways that we can see this one task that is continual and never ending, um, broken down, sorted out, made easier and delegated across a bunch of different, um, areas of responsibility. And I would say that like the metaphor expands out into the idea of actually having to plan for and acquire interviews. If you're doing interview podcasts, like you have to go and get garbage bags, (laughs) you know, (laughs) Right. And <laughs> otherwise, you you <laughs> you can't take the trash out without a garbage bag. I mean, you could, but man, it's going to be ugly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, and the thing is, is like you can look and you can look at your calendar and you can see forward and you can say, okay, I'm running out of trash bags. I've got to prep for otherwise I won't be able to take trash out every week. I've got to prep interviews. I've got to plan my calendar ahead of time. So you know that you're going to run out of guests. You're going to run out of trash bags on a regular basis, which means you should plan towards acquiring that material on a regular basis. So anyway, that's, that's my little, I love a good metaphor. So there you go. It's so perfect. We will have to write this all down, oh, okay, okay. Um, but luckily we have Descript and it can make a transcript for us. So let's actually talk about what this looks like specifically um, when it comes to producing a podcast. So we shared these graphics in um, the club earlier, but I want to go ahead and um, kind of talk them through here as well, because this is such a big piece of, you know, kind of figuring out how to get a podcast done. We can worry about all the technical stuff. We can worry about all the content stuff. We can worry about all the promotional stuff. And those things are are obviously incredibly important. But if you're not actually able to to create the thing because your workflow is all janky, then you're not going to have a podcast and none of those things are really going to matter in the end. So this graphic is designed here to show you how we 
typically think about producing a podcast or really how we think about any kind of project. Um, And that is that we look at each episode as an individual project. And so like Sean was explaining, that means that there's a start of each episode and there's an end to each episode. And there's, those are sort of discrete projects where we're either on the project or we're off the project. And we look at these as sort of a linear set of tasks. And we work through those tasks, checking one off the list um, after another before we move on to the next episode. Now, I think everyone knows that that's not really how the work gets done, but this is how we are visualizing or how, not how we, because I thankfully don't do this anymore, but how many podcasters are thinking through the workflow of their show. They're, They're still visualizing and organizing the work by episode in these linear to-do lists. We prefer to think about podcasting over time and how we're organizing the podcast over time as opposed to episode by episode. So I have this uh, broken out as Uh, representing a weekly release podcast. If your podcast is every other week, you can just sort of say, all right, week one and week two, or week one and two is the first column, week two and, or week three and four is the second column, week four and five is the third column, et cetera. Um, So what I have here is highlighted um, four tasks for this sample episode 17. And you can see that as episode 17 is taking four weeks to produce and release, um, that lots of other things are happening at the same time. So at the same time that you might be doing the interview for episode 17, you're releasing episode 14, you're editing and finalizing episode 15, you're recording the intro for episode 16, and you're booking the uh, booking the guest for episode 21, which is not even on this this uh, graphic, right? Um, and so then the same thing happens in week two. In week two, you're releasing episode 15, you're editing and finalizing episode 16, you're recording the intro now for episode 17, interviewing for episode 18, and booking the guests for episode 22. Now, obviously, this is very simplified and very kind of, I would even say reductive, um, but hopefully it gives you an idea of just how these different uh, tasks start to stack up and how when you think about an uh, your podcast workflow on an episode by episode basis in this sort of binary and linear way, it's really easy to get off track because it's not linear and it's not binary. It progresses uh, incrementally over time. Um, So that's how we prefer to visually organize, mentally organize the work of producing a podcast. So this is the graphic representation. I have one more screen share for you, which is to actually show you this in terms of um, a sample project management. So similarly, I have this notion table set up in these stacks of episodes. So very similar uh, to the first graphic that I showed. Episode one has these tasks. Episode two has the same tasks. Episode three, episode four. This is, again, this is sort of like how 
your Asana project might be laid out or how your Notion checklist might be laid out or how your Trello board might be laid out, but it's not actually visually representative of how the work gets done and when the work gets done. So instead of looking at it by episode, we can look at it uh, as a timeline. And this is maybe not the easiest thing to read, but what I hope it shows is, again, just how much these things stack up over time, right? So if we take uh, just even today uh, as a date, January 20th, um, we can see that there are certain things that have happened around this date for all four episodes uh, that I have on this calendar. If I had gone out even up to probably uh, six or eight episodes, depending on, you know, what I was working on or how, um, you know, how I was planning content, I might be doing things for eight different episodes all on one day. Um, I often book eight guests at a time, right? And so that would all be happening on one day. I almost always plan content eight or 12 episodes at a time. Um, speaking of planning content, I actually, uh, this is how I I do things. This isn't necessarily the right way to do it, um, but how I do it is that I will definitely plan out at least four, but as I said, most often eight or 12 episodes all in a week. And I'll say, okay, I really, I want to get my head around the, uh, my content plan for the next three months. So I'm going to take a couple of days here and just make sure that I know who I want to ask, what topics I want to cover, what my themes are. And I take time all at once to plan that out. That helps me kind of create really cohesive content over time as well. You know, when I do that, I'm also going to book the, the guests for those pretty much all at once as well. So you can see that here. And if we're talking about February, I'm thinking about that all the way back in early December, likely even earlier than that. So that's how it stacks up um, sort of over a uh, 12-week period. So I'm planning about 12 weeks out from air date. Um, I'm doing the work of those episodes throughout the month before they're released. And then in the month that they are released, I'm doing the promotion, I'm doing the publishing, maybe I'm finalizing that last one. Um, and of course, because this is only four episodes, what you don't see then is that I'm also doing all of the work on getting March's episodes produced, right? And then after that, all of April's episodes produced. So podcasting really is about understanding how the flow of the work happens, how it stacks up and how it shifts over time uh, so that it's not just managing it via linear to-do lists discrete projects, um, but instead is sort of this ever moving system of, of tasks that evolve over time. One thing I was going to mm -hmm. say about this type of workflow, being able to visually see things is this gives you the advantage that if you do want to batch, that if you do want to work forward, you don't lose track of what you've done and what still needs to be done. That means that you can actually look forward, work forward, and then review at the beginning of the next week and be like, okay, I still have things to do just because I worked ahead. Yeah. So this is this is also additionally a way where you can get yourself worked ahead without losing track. Yeah, working ahead and staying ahead, right? Yeah. We know lots of podcasters who were 
who will feverishly work ahead and then take time off because they think they don't have to think about anything next, but then they find themselves right back to square one, uh, you know, quickly producing right before the episode actually uh, goes live. Um, And so the goal of working ahead or getting ahead should be staying ahead. Um, And that requires that you keep your eye on how the, the plan, how the system is moving forward. Even when I work ahead the farthest and when I'm the most on top of things, there is never a time, I can't think of a time when I'm not doing something on the podcast. I might not be recording new episodes. Like in January, I'm not recording any new episodes for February. Well, I'm recording things. I'm not doing any new interviews in January, but I'm still having to produce all of my February episodes. Uh, It's just a different format, different flow. So I know I have to do those things. And I also know I got to get March's episodes booked because I'm behind on that. (laughs) Um, But they're planned. They're just not booked. So even when like two summers ago, I took uh, two months off from recording interviews, one, because it gets really hot in my office and I hate recording interviews in the summer. And two, we were going to be in Montana for a month and I didn't want to drag my microphone with me, but that didn't mean that I took two months off from doing the work of producing the podcast. I batched all those interviews in May and June and the intros and outros. And then I did all of the rest of the work on the show that I needed to do remotely uh, because it didn't require a microphone, you know, things like marketing assets, things like show notes, any anything that falls into that category, that was still happening during that t- two months that I took off. Um, but I wasn't really taking them off. Can I ask you a question, Tara, about this? Yes. One of the things that comes to my mind that is a potentially a, a mental challenge, a mental something to sort of overcome that I've kind of been experiencing is my attitude towards what it means to be working on something. And mm. I tend to fall into like, you're working and you're in it or, or you're not. And this idea of actually spreading things out a little more thinly and going in kind of doing shallow dips into the work as opposed to doing intensive long stretches of work. I wonder if, cause I know that that's been a challenge for me is kind of rearranging the way I approach work, but I wonder if there are some challenges for people as they're learning how to not work intensely constantly because the, to hold everything off and then produce a whole bunch at one time seems sort of like habitually set up for a lot of us. Do you, do you kind of pick up what I'm putting down or? Yeah, I'm trying to think on it. I, I mean, I also like working deeply on things and I don't think that for the most part, I work shallowly (laughs) on creative pieces. Anyway, I want to be able to, uh, Charlie Gilkey calls them, uh, focus blocks. I want to have a focus block Mm. for writing an intro outro or like the way I'm producing our February episodes is I'm kind of, I'm what I'm doing is taking old episodes that have nuggets in them for February's theme and mixing them into a multi-voice episode where 
I'm essentially creating the backbone. So I'm identifying, this is the concept that I want to talk about. This is the the thesis that I'm trying to prove out. And I'm going to use these snippets from other interviews to make that happen. And it's really fun, but also really hard. <laughs> and so I have to be able to completely focus on that task to be able to get it done. However, there are other parts that I can just sort of dip in and out of. So things like turning my intros into show notes, that's very fast. That's like a 15 minute project. Um, and so I can just kind of dot that into my weeks wherever it fits, as long as I'm staying ahead of the game. Uh, things like marketing assets, also fun and fast for me. I don't need to super duper focus because you know every, we have everything templated out and it's not like I'm making big creative decisions while I'm doing that. Uh, and so that's something that I can, again, just sort of dot in and out of my week. I think maybe the best way to speak to what you're talking about is that podcasting is really interesting in that I do think there are the different types of tasks that go into an episode require different levels of focus. Um, and when we, maybe this is, this is a little bit of a guess. I'm not sure that I completely believe what I'm about to say, <laughs> but I think that perhaps when we are organizing uh, mentally organizing our work in terms of that linear to-do list episode by episode, it's easy to think that each of those to-dos sort of have equal weight and require equal focus when that's not the case. And I find it easier to batch the things that take a lot of time and focus and then piecemeal out the easy stuff, the fast stuff. I don't know that everyone finds that easier, but that's what I found really, really works for me. And I think it's, for me, it's what produces the best results too. Um, I know that when I can sit down and over a couple of days, write out my intros and outros for a whole month's worth of episodes, those intros and outros weave together a much more cohesive story over the course of the month than when I'm working week by week on them. But then every, literally everything else about those episodes, I'm just going to work on a week by week basis on. Does that kind of speak to what you're talking about? Uh, no, but, <laughs> uh, but you went into a very great direction. I, I want to follow up on my question, Okay, but I do like what you said. But what I was thinking, another way to put it is I find that if I, that there's either like I'm in launch mode where we're launching something and we're doing something. And then just like the day-to-day -day sustained stuff um, mm -hmm. is a little bit more difficult to kind of wrap my mind around how I do it. When I'm in launch mode and I'm doing something, I know what I'm doing. And I found this to be challenging for clients as well, mm. where they have tons and tons of energy when things are in launch, but in like a, just a maintenance routine it's a little bit more challenging to almost stay focused and keep it on an attention. That's kind of more what I was wondering about. Got it. Yeah. I mean, that's true. I see that in literally every other area of running a business too. When, when you're working toward a big goal, it's, it's, uh, 
that finish line is so attractive, right? And so you can put, it's just like when you sprint at the end of a race, you can put all of your energy into those last couple of weeks, that last quarter mile. Um, I miss races. Uh, <laughs> but, um, you know, and so I, like I see that with product launches, people will burn themselves out just to get a product on the market or just to get to day one of running a program. And then they're like, oh crap, now I have to run the program. <laughs> it's like, that's exactly what happens with a podcast too. You're like, I'm going to put everything I possibly can into this podcast launch. And then the podcast comes out and you're like, oh crap, I have to do an episode for next week. And then the week after that, and then the week after that, and that's when things break down <laughs> and it is hard. Like I'm not, I'm, I'm not saying that just changing the way you think about it makes it easy. That's not the case, but I think changing the way you think about it makes it more sustainable and that's key. Yeah. And this, in the system that you're talking about, this way of viewing the different tasks, but week by week is what was, that's what we're talking about is learning how to approach something so that it's, yeah. Yeah. Jaquette, do you have any questions or comments or contributions on this topic? Yeah, because I was thinking I'm in a little bit of a hybrid from the standpoint of most of the podcast content is really based upon my blog post content and the exceptions to that are when I host the roundtable discussions around Black entrepreneurship. And there are things that I don't have to do, right? So I don't have to do any of the editing and all of that. So my takeaway from this is really understanding more clearly the different components and then the rhythm of those components, but then also realizing how I can weave what I currently do and be more effective with the roundtable discussions and scheduling those and getting that into the sequence. So this is, this is helping me with the hybrid. I don't know if you have any other thoughts about <laughs> managing that hybrid, but. <laughs> well, it sounds yeah. like it's just, everyone's going to have somewhat of a personalized set of variables that like there's like a somewhat of a predictable set of variables, but then like someone with you, you're going to have additional variables put into that. And I don't see any reason that that flow couldn't just extend over into the round tables. So in terms of like managing this as a hybrid, um, how you described it as a hybrid model, I think having a singular content workflow for you might be really helpful. So instead of thinking, oh, I've got a blog post and it has these steps, whether you're actually checking things off of a list on those steps or not, I don't. Um, <laughs> or um, And then a separate th list of things for a podcast. I'm wondering if there isn't a way to say uh, in, your, in your project management or however you organize this, the week of January 18 content, week of uh, January 26 content, week of February 4th content. And that includes blog post, podcast episode, the promotion of those things, 
and all of the component parts for each of those. So that as you're planning, you're actually planning with the full flow in mind uh, and working with the full flow in mind instead of keeping the blog posts and the podcast separate because they're not. They're, they're separate pieces of content and they're a little bit different, but they're related to each other. And maybe you're already doing that, but I'm wondering if you actually organized the work that way, if it wouldn't be easier for you to keep your head wrapped around the, the, the regular flow. I'm basically just kind of cribbing how we do, do things, but from a different, uh, with a different set of media. So we realized years ago now that we were managing podcast content separately than we were managing community content. And that if we could weave those things together, life would be a lot easier. Not just that we would save time, although we would, but that everyone would be on the same page. We'd be able to track things in a central place um, and that everything we would do would be more cohesive. Um, so that's why, and I think you know this, but this is why we have the, just a single editorial calendar and it's got everything on it. It has the podcast, it has all of our events, our internal newsletter, our external newsletter, and all of those things are related to each other in one way or another. And so it's probably the place that the What Works team spends the most time because it's literally all we do, right? We're content and event machine. <laughs> um, and that's how we drive the community forward. That's just made it easier for everyone to manage what's upcoming, what's done, where different pieces are at. And, and speaking of that, we actually track where different pieces are at too. Like one of the tags in our in our calendar is status. Probably seems obvious, but like it goes from idea to in progress to scheduled to completed. And that way we know where we're at and we can, we, and we know that there are lots of different things in progress all at one time. So it, we're never falling into that trap of, of, you know, seeing things as discrete projects when they're not. Right. That's really helpful. Thank you. May I ask a question, um, Jaquette and Tara, about this idea of the blog post and the and the podcast being one piece of content, really? From I mean, it's like that just sort of gets rearranged, but the workflow from beginning to end, you start with the concept of blog that becomes a published blog that becomes a published podcast. So uh, Jaquette, I put together a quick mind map that lays this out. Like just now you did this? Yeah. So what we've got is we have one, two, three blog post ideas, right? And on this, and this is what we were talking about earlier about the workflow. So like, let's look at this as like one week. Uh, just bear with me <laughs> from day to day. So imagine that these each of these are a column that cover one day. Well, day one, this particular day, you're working on a blog post, but this day you're working on you're drafting and working on the next one. This way you're publishing, draft, uh, conceptualizing, and drafting, and see how they just flow along. And so when you look you can kind of look and see what you're continually looking at, but what's neat is you can look, you can start with your concept and you know that it, the, the publishing, it's the same thing. So you can start here thinking about this end, right? 
and so imagine like if promotion came in, like if you had some promotion that you were going to do right here, you could also draft promotion for your podcast simultaneously. So this is like this cascading workflow. Yeah. And if I could layer on top of this, yes, I would shift this so that all of the concepts were on one day. Uh, so like uh, right. And I think the planning ahead is a really important piece mm. of actually getting into the rhythm. So, which is um, in the example that the timeline example I had showed earlier, um, it didn't actually turn out as obvious as it is here. <laughs> so that's what I was showing is that all of the February episodes get planned on the same day back in December when I'm thinking, all right, What's the topic that we're tackling? What are the different stories I want to tell under that topic? And who am I going to talk to to get those stories? That all happens at once so that it's as cohesive as possible, but also so that as I'm working on one, I'm thinking about the next one. And then this kind of cascade is exactly what happens. Mm. Um, The only other thing that I might do differently if I have the time, and I often don't have the time, but if I have the time, is that I would also draft the main piece of the content uh, as close together as possible for three or four episodes at a time so that that's also very cohesive. But I think that if you can plan in, a, even in a four-week block, although, you know, like I said, I think eight or 12 is really great, um, then yes, dripping that content, cascading, Sean, that was a good word, cascading that content over time as you fulfill that content plan. Yes, that's, that makes all the difference in the world. I was also thinking that even if the time frame from like responding to something that's happening currently so that the content is timely, there are still going to be certain elements that aren't going to be as timely, certain evergreen type things that you can really plan ahead. So even I think you can like slot in a blog post slash podcast episode, even if you don't have the body of the content, you can sort of start developing the framework around it and you know where it is as it's moving. And you can start with that way out ahead of time because there are going to be certain reoccurring elements and things that are predictable. Because I was thinking about this, like people who put out episodes, like daily podcast episodes. Yeah. You know, that's like, I I would say that in some ways, it's the same process and flow that Tara and I have been discussing, but really condensed and not and spread out. I mean, just like in a really dense period of time of like over hours instead of over days and weeks. Well, and I'm, to your point about planning ahead, I'm thinking of uh, Vox's Today Explained podcast, which is a daily show. And sometimes their episodes are literally about what happened the day before. But most of the time, their episodes are actually pretty planned out. Um, and they're based on what we know is going to be happening. Like, I'm sure if I opened up the feed for today, there would be a podcast, uh, there would be an episode about uh, the history of inauguration or how this inauguration is going to be different. Because we knew that today was inauguration day and that whoever was getting inaugurated, it was going to be a different kind of inauguration for months, right? So they could have been planning ahead to that. 
And then as they finalized that episode, if there was something really current that they needed to add in or shift around, it's a lot easier to say, oh, okay, uh, you know, actually this piece is not as important and I'm going to throw in this piece that just happened yesterday. That's actually remarkably easy. (laughs) Um, And like Sean, like you said, I think that most of the time we can actually plan ahead and do that kind of a swap rather than feeling like, oh, if I, if I work on this three weeks ahead of time, it's going to be out of date. I really appreciate that. And, and what I'm also thinking as I hear both of you talk is how even when I want to integrate a current event in it, if that current event hasn't happened before Thursday at some point in time, unless it's like really, really major, I can just find some other use for it or not include it at all. Like I need to give myself, I realize I need to give myself a deadline for when I'm going to, you know, look at this week's events to see how they might support or challenge, as you said, a concept or a thesis. Yeah. I think that's a great idea, especially with this last year and just things change. Well, the last four years and things changing so fast all the time, we can get in this pattern of always being on our toes, waiting for the next thing to drop into our Twitter feeds or CNN.com or whatever, (laughs) wherever you're, you're getting your latest breaking news, but just like not treating everything like breaking news, I think is really healthy, not just from a workflow perspective, but from a like our brain's perspective and our body's perspective. I totally agree. Yeah, that's a really good point. So thanks for that reminder. Yes, of course. So yeah, we have a client who has recently shifted her her podcast content into a different direction where what she had been doing was like that traditional, she would record an interview and then she'd schedule for it to go out or she would schedule certain types of content, re-record it, and then we'd plan it out. Well, now what she's started to do is she's doing Facebook Lives that she's simultaneously recording into Squadcast so that she can then re- can reappropriate it as a podcast. And so she is planning Facebook Live content knowing that two weeks later, that same content is going to be a podcast episode. And there are certain things that even in conception are being taken into consideration before the Facebook Live even happens because she already knows that it, I mean, it's more complex than this, but its endpoint is published to the feed and it's been working quite well. Sean, any final thoughts on wrapping your head around the podcast and rhythm. Just that, uh, like I threw out this mind map thing. I love working with mind maps. Chiquette knows this. We've worked with mind maps together before when we've done some like strategy sessions. Mind mapping is great, but I will let everyone know that I'm not going to be sharing a mind map with Chiquette. I'm going to be sharing a spreadsheet with her because it's the same information can be so much for a lot of people. It's more accessible it's easier just to create a little spreadsheet calendar. And um, so that's the, there are lots of different ways to approach the same idea. Um, A lot of people 
have bulletin boards with sticky notes all over them. You know, don't let the technology, I have so many clients for whom the technology is the thing that prevents them from acting because they have to do use such and such a shiny piece. No, 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 no. Get out your paper, get out your pencil and and do this. Right. (laughs) Yeah. And I think it's, okay to acknowledge that technology can legitimately get in our way, which I think is also what you are saying. Like, don't let technology get in your way and recognize when technology is getting in your way and find the technology that works for you, which is why I had to switch from Asana to Notion because Asana was getting in my way. It wasn't letting me think about the podcast or anything else we were doing in the way that we've just described. Whereas moving over to Notion, now I could start to see how all of the pieces fit together, how everything had an opportunity to flow. And it was just night and day (laughs) from a workflow standpoint. So yeah, I think if whatever your project management software isn't allowing you to think the way that's going to be most effective for you producing your show, find a different technology, even if that technology is post-it notes or spreadsheets or a calendar. I mean, hell, use a calendar. (laughs) It does not have to be complicated. Finding your flow and getting into a rhythm doesn't have to be complicated, but it might require rethinking how you organize and approach your process. We dug into how this relates to managing a podcast or really any kind of content, but the same idea applies to any process you're struggling with in your business. Now, if you're a podcaster or aspiring podcaster who wants to learn more about systems, workflow, and creating a truly exceptional podcast, Check out Standout Podcast Club. Each month, we do an interactive roundtable discussion just like this one. Next month, we'll be talking about relationship building for your podcast, how to pitch people to come on your show, and how to stay connected after the interview. Plus, we've got explainer videos and templates for the development, production, and distribution of your podcast. Standout Podcast Club is your hub for all things podcasting. To find out more and join us, go to Standout Podcast. Dot club. What Works is produced by Yellow House Media. Our production coordinator is Sean McMullen. This episode was edited by me, Tara McMullen, and Sean McMullen. Huge thanks to financial behaviorist Jaquette Timmons for allowing us to include her contribution to the conversation. Check out her show, More Than Money, wherever you listen to What Works. <laughs>